0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them they define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever welcome to beyond religion your life is waiting with your host jim stacy jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself it's inside you you just have to know where and how to look for it now here is jim stacy
2: thank you Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. This is Jim Stacy, your host, and I'd like to just take a minute to thank you for listening today and remind you that I would love to hear from you. Any thoughts that you might have, questions, something I haven't made clear, something you'd like to know more about, Uh, Maybe it's something you'd like to challenge me on. That's fine, too. Something you appreciate. Please go to one of the three places I'm going to tell you now and let me know what your questions and thoughts are. First of all, my website, www.thedivineiswithinus.com. On Facebook, the same five words, the divine is within us. Or email, us at gmail.com. I really would love to hear from you. Today's show the power in loving your own self. So I usually start with questions and it'd be the same today as usual. When is the last time you were aware of feeling a genuine love for yourself? How many people, I wonder, are more aware of their faults, their weaknesses, or the labels that other people have put on them? How many people are more aware of the negative things that are in their lives and thoughts than they are of just simply being aware that they love themselves. So often, we are more conscious of what's wrong with us than what is right and good and beautiful. And in those moments when we become so tired of the negative, it's quite easy to allow our shadow side to express itself. That shadow sometimes looks like, I'll just show them Or, you want to see my negative side? Just watch this one. The battle to be ourselves, to know who we truly are, to live above all the self-hatred can be quite huge at times. But this is a battle we can overcome and live with a greater self-perspective, a genuine love for ourselves, far more than we've ever experienced before. So who are you? Why have you chosen that view of yourself? Have you defined who you are, or have you allowed others to define who you are? It is the quest for our identity that dominates most of our time here on this temporary planet having this temporary human experience. To know who we are, to know our purpose for being here, and to understand how we fit into the eternal perspective is indeed the human quest for our spiritual identity. I've written about that in my first book that you can find on the website. But I wonder just how many people truly love their own self. We are so reluctant at times to say this or even think about such an idea. We've all been taught to deny ourselves of any real value, such as loving ourselves deeply and honestly, honoring ourselves for who we really are, we've been taught to behave yourself. <laughs> so many of us have heard that one. But according to whose standards? We've been taught to not step outside the lines. But have you ever wondered just whose lines they're talking about? Or we've been told you not you better not be too different, but different from who? Or what is the real question behind that narrowness? Because those who convince others to conform are the same ones who revel in the fact that they are controlling others. It makes them feel so good. It makes them feel powerful in their own minds when actually they are the smallest and the weakest of all humans. We've been taught that self-love is, number one, it's sinful. Sinful? Says who? The men who are filled with exactly what they condemn others are the teachers of such nonsense. They pick and choose, like in the story of the woman in the Bible, in the uh, Jesus story that was taken at adultery. And the words say that she was taken in the very act by religious men. And so they brought her to Yeshua. And they said, Yeshua, hey, we we caught this woman in the very act here. And, you know, the law says we have to be stoned. Uh, She has to be stoned, rather. So he stooped down, and he wrote on the ground. And, you know, to this day, we don't know for sure what he wrote. But I have a suspicion that he wrote the man's name in the ground, in the sand, the man who was with her. For then he stood up and said, let the one of you who has not done the same thing, you cast the first stone. And they all walked away. And he said to her, where are those that condemn you? And she said, there are none. And he said to her, you know, I don't condemn you either. Go and live beyond any mistakes that you have made. Now that's the way to handle it if we could just treat each other that way, if we can just treat ourselves that way, that we can go and live beyond to celebrate our mistakes and learn from them, to be our best and highest and most beautiful self. We've also been taught that self-love is some kind of pride in a negative kind of way. The pride that sort of you know swells up and, and boasting and bragging, and it's the usual picture that's painted anyway, but real pride, is not those negatives. <clears throat> Real pride is looking at who we truly are and saying, yes, that's true. Looking at the best of ourselves, looking at the beauty that we are, looking at the very, most, the most beautiful uh, parts of our being, and we can say, yes, that's me, without being full of pride and boasting and bragging. But we've been taught that self-love is nothing but an arrogance that you know, pushes all the other people away. But who is more arrogant than those who preach condemnation? We've been taught that self-love is shameful. Again, I say, says who? I'll tell you who. Those who are afraid to love openly and honestly are the ones who themselves are filled with shame. We've been taught that self-love is flaunting yourself. That flaunting says (laughs) we lack courage. But you know, flaunting is one thing. That's a negative energy. But those who lack the courage to celebrate the truth of who you are are those who want to keep you small. Humility is never a self-loathing. Let me repeat that. Humility is never a self-loathing. Humility is not hatred of oneself. It is never, ever the case. There's another place in uh, the New Testament where uh, Yeshua's was uh, teaching, as like the Sermon on the Mount is called, and and uh, and part of that sermon is what's called the Beatitudes. Um, it's uh, usually blessed are these and blessed are that, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. But the very first Beatitude says in the English, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You will be amazed to hear what the Aramaic says. For in the Aramaic a totally different picture is given. All the sermons I ever heard as a kid and in the church was you know, see, blessed are those who are humble. You gotta humble yourself. You gotta be nothing. You gotta be, you know, really bad feelings about yourself, because you really are worthless and wicked and it's all that. But you know what Yeshua said? He said, mm-hmm. And the translation from the Aramaic is this, How truly ripe and ready to enter this kingdom are those who understand that their breath is a sacred connection to the divine. Now that totally changes everything. But of course the dogma of religion would never allow you to know the divine within you because that divine has to be <clears throat> an angry male God up in the sky that can't wait to burn you. <laughs> but That's not what Jesus taught. It's not what Yeshua said. He said our breath is a sacred connection to the divine. And I'll have a whole show on that a bit later in the weeks to come. But it is the truth. We can all learn from the divine within, we can all learn to know who we are, that that is who we are. And in all that process of learning about the divine within, of experiencing the divine within, we can all learn to claim all the parts of our disowned self, the parts of our self that we have pushed away, the parts of our self that we have denied, and we can learn to let our light shine A light that we never need to apologize for for being. A light that never needs to apologize for shining brightly. Again, Yeshua said, you are the light of the world. So go and shine. Uncover your light. Take off all the shame and the smallness that has covered over and dimmed your light. You are the light. And that light is the divine within you and the essence of who you are. Claim it be it, live it, celebrate it. True humility is when we recognize all of our good parts, all of our delightful parts, and we share them with others. Let me say that again. True humility is when we recognize all the good parts, our delightful parts, and we share them with others. These parts of us are the light. These parts of us are the divine within us, and much more. To live openly and honestly with great delight is possible more than you've ever done before, and to live in gratitude in a way that your light shines just by being your highest self. It's never about effort, working hard to try to do it, just shining. Shining is just being who we are, the divine within human form. To own all of our qualities, our strengths, our abilities, to own your insights, to own the beauty of your shadow self and what it is teaching you, to own your wisdom, your accomplishments, your contributions, and more. All of this is to be a light in the world. What have you not yet owned of your own light? What is so beautiful about you that you have not yet shared it or you've been afraid to share it? You, as your most beautiful self, you are needed in this world. Your light is needed. We need you. But when we are distracted by the ideas of being smaller or being less than our most beautiful self, when we are distracted by that, we dim our own light. I love the poem poem, uh, from Rumi. Rumi was a poet from many, many centuries ago. Many of you have heard about him. And he wrote so many. I have seven or eight volumes of his works, but I have one I want to share with you today called Wings of Desire. It's about focusing on our small self instead of who we really are. And I quote, people are distracted by objects of desire And afterward, they repent of the lust they've indulged because they have indulged with a phantom and are left even farther from reality than before. Your desire for the illusory is like wings, by means of which a seeker might ascend to reality. When you have indulged a lust, your wings drop off, you become lame, and that fantasy flees. Preserve the wings, and don't indulge such a lust, so that the wings of desire may bear you to paradise. People fancy that they are enjoying themselves, but they're really tearing out their wings for the sake of an illusion. So when Rumi writes about reality, he's talking about the divine. When he's talking about the lust and the illusion, he's talking about believing in the small self. The illusion of the shamed self. The illusion that... (laughs) that small self that others have told you that you are, the parts of you that you have disowned, the parts of you that are beautiful and the world needs to see them shine. We can reclaim our destiny. We can reclaim our beauty. We can reclaim the power of love. Who will you yet become? The small self with the small s or the large self? the True, the Divine Self, the capital S. If we do not love our Divine Self, we can never love other people. When we don't love ourselves first, we are always looking for love instead of sharing it. When we don't love ourselves first, we can only see our own faults reflected back to us in others. But to love myself, my greater self, is to love (coughs) creating love, to love to create love in each moment not sitting in shame and waiting for somebody to love me or somehow using my ego to get some kind of attention that is a cheap substitute for love. We can wait for someone to love us or we can become that love deep inside of ourselves. Being love and expressing love always attracts love. When we are dependent on others to get or receive love, we are actually like an empty bucket that's waiting to be filled or we can choose to be full of water by connecting with the divine within us, by choosing to be a loving person, by choosing to be our most beautiful self. By being that bucket full of water, we can then help quench the thirst that others have for love. But we must be full first. Rumi wrote another poem called The Water is Calling the Thirsty. And I quote, Surely there is a window from heart to heart. They are not separate and far from each other. Though two earthenware lamps are not joined, their light mingles. No lover seeks union without the beloved seeking, but the love of others makes the body thin as a bowstring, while the love of the loved ones makes them shapely and pleasing. When the lightning of love for the beloved has shot into this heart, know that there is love in that heart." When the love for the divine has been doubled in your heart, there is no doubt that the divine has love for you. No sound of clapping comes forth from only one hand. The thirst man is moaning, oh, delicious water. The water is calling, where is the one who will drink me? The thirst in our souls is the magnetism of the water. We are its, and it is ours. And so I like to say, we can sit on a porch And we can wait a lonely lifetime for love to come. Just like a ship is safe when it's anchored in the harbor. But is that what a ship is for? No, the adventures on the high seas of we choosing to become love is what we can do. We can choose this. What do you choose? You are beautiful. You are far more loving than you've ever allowed yourself to be. To seek with the water, as Rumi said, is to seek the divine within ourselves. And I'll have more to say on that in just a few minutes. But know this, that loving ourself is not narcissism. It is not looking in the mirror and gloating, for that's the work of the ego. The ego is not the love of one's self, the large self. The ego is the false sense of love. It's loving the small self. The ego loves its own manipulations where there's absolutely zero love for what is true. We see the ego at work every day as we drive down the highways. Traffic issues like speeding, lane hopping, tailgating, pulling out in front of others, running red lights and stop signs. It's me first, me first, deal with it and get out of the way. So often that is exactly what we see and that is the ego at work. The ego has to be denied. The higher self can be owned. Right now it's time for a break, and I'll catch up with you in just two or three minutes.
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus was not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice
0: America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to
2: the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. We're talking about loving ourselves loving the greater self, and we're talking about the ego, the smaller self. The small self must be overcome. It can be. It waits in the secret, it waits in the shadows, but we can understand what it is, what it's trying to do, and we can choose to be the greater self. We can choose to be love. But we see the ego today in so many ways, not just in the traffic issues that I mentioned just before the break, but we see the ego today in, sadly to say, in racism, like we haven't seen since perhaps the 60s. But it's always been there. Racism is just finding new voices today, and it's sad, it's sad indeed. Voices from the Bible Belt where their flag has forever been a symbol of slavery and inferiority for our African American friends, Voices like the KKK, which openly declare that they are a Christian organization, I say, wait a minute, Christian, you claim to follow Jesus? Wait just a minute. That those two are total opposites. You cannot be part of a hate-filled group and be following Yeshua. It's impossible. But yet the hate today is being renewed because of politicians and presidential hopefuls who openly declare themselves to be religious At the same time, they deny by their actions all that they claim to be, according to their religious dogma, for they claim to be, oh, one word is saved, another word is sanctified, another word, oh, we're holy, the other word is baloney in my book. They don't practice love for their neighbors, as Yeshua taught. They prefer to love their ego instead. The men of religious extremism hate differences. Unless all others are just like themselves, the others are all condemned. How convenient. But we see the ego today in the open carry gun enthusiasts. What are they afraid of? I've wondered. I see the pictures of these men walking down the street with AK-47 assault rifles strapped to their backs. Pistols are on their belt. And I wonder, what are they afraid of? What is this nonsense all about? Is this not just a reflection of the smallness in their own souls and the fear that comes along with feeling small? That's the ego at work. We see the racist ego in the police state kind of violence that we have been seeing in the last few months. It's happened more in the last few weeks and months than I can remember in many years of the past, where shooting to kill, white cops shooting to kill the black people, but never the white ones. We see the same racist ego coming forth from preachers and politicians and billionaires and shooters in churches and schools and more. So what is this ego all about? How can love transcend racism? Yeshua talked about that in his parable The parable uh, that people know is the one about the Good Samaritan. And he talked about this issue of overcoming racism with compassion. Jesus was teaching one day, and he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, well, the greatest commandment of all is to love the divine, and that divine is within you. To love that divine with all your heart, with all that your soul is and with all your strength and with all that you are. And then be sure to love your neighbor in the same way that you love yourself. He spoke this truth and the people listened and one guy said, but wait a minute. And trying to justify himself, it says, who is my neighbor? Hoping that somehow he could find an exclusion somewhere. So Yeshua said to him, well, tell you what, there's a story about a man who was coming down from Jerusalem, and as he was walking along the road, he was attacked by bandits. And these robbers, of course, beat him. They left him with wounds and left him almost dead, laying by the wayside. Then they ran away. And by chance, it says, a priest came walking by. The priest looked down, saw the man laying by the road, and, hmm, just walked on. He didn't have time, didn't want to be involved. And likewise, a few minutes later, another religious man came down the road and stopped and saw the man there, and no, I don't have time either, so he walked on by. But then, a man from Samaria came by. As he journeyed by and was, was on his way to somewhere, he stopped, he took the time to wait just a minute, and he saw this man, and it says he had compassion on a man of a different race. The story behind this story is that the Samaritans and this man from Jerusalem would be natural enemies, almost like whites and blacks. But the Samaritan stopped. He reached down, and he took care of the man's wounds. He poured wine and oil on the wounds, bound him up the best as he could, put him on his own donkey, and off they went to the nearest inn, and the guy said to the man at the inn, take care of this man, help him heal. I've bound up his wounds, but he needs more healing, so take care of it, and here's some money. I'm gonna leave you with the money to, to pay for that, Now to tell you what, on my way back, I'm gonna stop, and if it costs more than I've just given you, I will pay you that. And what strikes me in that story is that compassion for others includes health care. Yes, health care. And yet today so many, so many religious people are saying, Oh, health care, healthcare, we No, the poor, we can't afford to pay for that. We can't let our tax money go to to, to buy health care for people. That that's that's fascism. That that's uh, socialism, that's something. And yet I said to a couple of people one day, wait a minute, have you read your Bibles lately? What did Yeshua say? He said, Compassion, loving your neighbor as yourself includes at times, paying for health care. Well, the look of discouragement on their face told the whole story as they walked away. But it's true. Our compassion must include our neighbors. Our compassion must be shown by caring for the need that is at hand. We can't just ignore somebody's needs. We can't just walk away if we're going to be loving our neighbors perhaps the greatest obstacle to loving ourselves is that age-old dogma of the church that says, you're wicked. Loving yourself is sinful. Shame on you for loving yourself. And yet, I say, wait a minute. To love myself is to love others. To love others is the reflection of loving myself. You can't have one without the other. If love is love, if love is if it's called love and it's just for the self, then is it really love? I say no. And the old dogma line that keeps people in a very small place is they say, the best that you can possibly do is nothing but filthy rags. That's found in the Old Testament. I think it's uh, Isaiah, I believe. And I heard that as a kid in the church. There's no, no sense going out and trying to do good. That's just you know, more socialism because no matter how much good you try to do, it's just nothing but filthy rags. And I say, where in the world did that kind of craziness come from? What kind of ego came up with that one? People that say you can't care for others because even in doing that, that's nothing but filthy rags, have something to learn. But the religious teachers who have believed those lies and then they dump that garbage onto others. Self-hatred to them is the ideal. Yet how? They love themselves. They love themselves by piling condemnation on other people. We have to get beyond this. We have to see that to live in shame and guilt and smallness, and we talked about guilt and shame a couple of shows a few weeks ago. We have to overcome racism, and homophobia. We have to overcome misogyny and treat women as equals. Men, if there's anything that a real man will do is to access his own feminine side. A real man knows that the women are equal. A real man knows that he is not superior at all. We men must recognize and own our own feminine side. We too can learn to be compassionate We can learn also to be healing with the energy that helps others. We can do that. We can include others. But man, i tell you, it takes real strength to be as strong as the women that we fear. There's absolutely no need to judge others, somehow reflect all the negative energies that they hold deep inside. But when there's love in us, all we need to do is share the love. And right here, is where we must move beyond religion to the life that is waiting for us to claim, when we can be our highest self, our loving self, with great delight, and let our light shine brightly. It's the ego that replaces the divine within us. It's a small self that has replaced the greater self, our divinity. All this has been distorted and lost in religion because of people desiring to control others. And yet, Yeshua said, your divinity is the light within you. Don't let the lies of men dim that light. So, we need to move on from the ego and understand that the self-effacement, the self-hatred dims our light. The energies of of those sorts are the the secret uh, kind of loving our own self and being proud of loving the smallness. Another surprise I have for you. The ego in the Aramaic is the word, now get this, it's the word satana, S-A-T-A-N-A, which is seen as the tempter of people, but it's it's the ego. And when the church took off the A at the end and capitalized it, they got their word Satan. That is their dogma. And it's a lie, perhaps one of the greatest lies of of religion of all times, there is no personal devil to blame. There is no Satan to blame, just more fear, and it all comes from dogma. so I'd like to share with you two images and I ask you which one of these two images do you think are the one or could be the one that loves themself first of all, picture the image of the one who is arrogant and really very self focused and condescending, the one that always patronizes and thinks that they have it all together, an attitude of, you know, I'm I'm all okay, and yet so much is hidden deep inside. The person in their arrogance that uses scapegoats, like, you know, Satan to blame, the devil made me do it, and that kind of thinking. Scapegoats are used to make everyone else guilty but themselves, and they have all the right answers right there in their sacred book. Does that person look like the one who really loves themselves? Or is it the one who is confident and honest and grateful? The one that includes all others? The one who is always learning more? The one who lives in the question rather than thinking they have all the answers? <clears throat> the one who listens to learn <coughs> excuse me, of others' needs? The one who humbly uplifts others with the energies of healing? and nurturing and honoring them? Which one do you think really loves themselves? Because the hallmarks of love for one's highest self are exactly what is seen in the one who loves their own self deeply, the one who loves the divine within and knows that they are part of that, that that is part of their identity. They are the ones who include all others and never push anyone else away, just as Yeshua taught, loving the divine with all of our essence, and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. So, let's ask another question. What are the benefits of loving our highest self? What are the benefits of loving the fact that we are the divine in human form? As far as our relationships with our self is concerned, the benefits include several things, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means. But number one, I think that the benefit in loving our highest self is, first of all, the experience of the divine within. How can, <clears throat> how can this be, you might say? How can we experience the divine within us? And I've written about that, too, in the the second volume on my website. You can check that out if you like. But this is not some lightning or thunder kind of an experience. It's not some burning bush kind of nonsense. There's no fire or smoke or fear whatsoever. To experience the divine within is to experience pure love. Let me say that again. To experience the divine within is to experience pure love. When you choose to be loving, when you choose to be compassionate, that is your divinity coming forth. That is your divinity shining as a light in the world. We, you, I, we can choose to let our love come forth. The second benefit is owning our light owning that divine light, and letting it shine. And we can actually say, I choose to let my light shine. I choose to let the divine within me come forth. I will not have anything to do with that small self anymore. I want to be loving, compassionate, healing, nurturing, inclusive. I want to be that light in the world. And when we choose those energies, my friends, that is the divine. That is you. Get it get it as deeply as you can. You are the divine in human form. We can be done with a small self and keep dealing with that, pushing it away. And it's probably a, a lifetime job doing that. But I'll tell you what, the more we push the ego away and the more we let the divine shine through us, the more beautiful our lives become. I have so much to learn about this. I've been working with it for a long time. And yet, just as I got ready to prepare this radio show, as as it is almost every week, what I'm going to be talking about, I have a chance to practice during the week getting ready. (laughs) I have to walk my talk. I have to be real or I have no business talking. So I've worked on that this week and a couple of interesting events that I won't take time to share with you right now, but uh, I will at a later time. Another benefit in loving ourself is expressing your divine self. It's that being unconditional love, living in gratitude, and experiencing that sacred breath that I mentioned a few minutes ago, and we'll have a show on that coming up soon. It's knowing the reality of the kingdom of heaven within you. And I have another surprise for you. I'll mention it right now, but I'll take it up further after the break, but What Yeshua said when he said the word Malkuta, which is uh, translated as kingdom, the word really is a feminine noun, and it's queendom. What Yeshua said is the queendom of heaven is within you. But right now, it's time for another break, and I'll take up the idea of this queendom uh, when we return. I'll see you in just a couple minutes.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today.
0: Be Visionary this is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: So I realized that I just dropped a bomb on a lot of thinking <laughs> because the kingdom of heaven within you is actually the queendom of heaven within. Why is that true? How can that possibly be? Well, let me share with you. First of all, as I said, men, a few minutes ago, we have to own and incorporate our own feminine side. We have to learn to become a balance between the male and the female energies. And Yeshua, of all people, was if he was anything at all, he was the embodiment of the feminine energies of healing, loving, nurturing, the energy of compassion, the energy of everyone sitting down to the table together and including everyone at the table, Those are all healing energies, and they are all normally understood as feminine energies. But men, we can choose to be healing, and we can choose to be compassionate. It's not just about control. It's not just about actions and get her done and all those kinds of things that men think about so often. It's not about being the boss. It's more about being the servant. And the queendom of heaven within, is all of those qualities and and more. The queendom of heaven within is the divine feminine coming forth to use us as a light that includes and heals and nurtures, a light of compassion. When we know those energies deep inside and when we choose to be those energies, that is one of the greatest examples of loving our own self. So we're still on the list here of the benefits of loving ourself and that was number three number four i say that owning our shadow owning our shadow self and bringing forth light out of the shadow yes light does come out of darkness quantum physics teaches us that all the black holes of space are condensed light the celebration that we can experience deep in ourself is to know our mistakes, to see the lessons and the insights in our mistakes, and we had a whole show about that just a couple weeks ago, to know that our mistakes are not bad, but our mistakes are the gateway, the doorways, to walk through and learn, to gain insights and to, to gain lessons that we will never ever gain without having made a mistake. And then... We can learn to dance, as we talked about last week, dancing in our imperfections, to see our imperfections as something to celebrate, again, because we're learning from them. And we do not have to be perfect. We don't have to follow that old adage of the human uh, ego that says you have to be perfect in some silly kind of a way. So the celebration of our mistakes and our imperfections the light that we call forth out of the shadow. The light is the lesson we learn. The light is the divine coming forth and overcoming the ego. Number five, we can live our most beautiful self ever. That's another benefit in loving ourselves. Once we get to the right understanding of what beauty looks like, what beauty feels like, what beauty acts like, we become who we truly are. We actually become a living example of what's already within us, the divine in human form. The greatest adventure we as humans can have. It's the the one we're having right now, experiencing the fact that, wait a minute, there's more. The divine is within me, yes. And that's what this show is all about, helping us discover that fact and how to access it, how to enter into it, and how to shine in the world as the divine light. Remember, as Yeshua said, that the divinity within is the light that shines. Number six, we can live in harmony with as many other humans as possible. And it's true that not every person will want to live in harmony with you. So, let them do their own dance. Let them hear their own music. It's okay. You dance to your tune. Be open and ready, but if they don't want to dance with you, then let them dance. And number seven, as the whole thing we've been sharing here today, is to experience the divine within ourselves 24-7. Yes, I said that right. The goal for all of us is to know more and more constantly the connection with the divine right now as we breathe, right now as we walk, as we talk, as we trust, as we learn, as we listen in every activity, to know divine connection 24-7 is a possibility. Oh, it's sometimes we slip in and out of it, of course, in the difficult moments and the things we worry about and the things that we get taken up with and all of our energies and the things that we're afraid of, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, my friends, what I'm learning is I can step out of a fear. I can step out of pain. I can step out of all of those things when I choose to. And I can sit down and I can open my heart and I can realize a connection with the divine that overcomes all the things that cause me pain and fear. We can do it. This is the benefit of loving our highest self, to experience the beauty and the power and the humility and the gentleness of the divine within. 24 7. This relationships for ourselves, or the benefits rather, for ourselves are not just related to that but we, there are benefits that come in our relationships with other people. We are one. That's a hard one to understand sometimes, especially when some people seem to be so different than we are. And yet, we're all different, but we're all the same. The essence of who we are is the same. The essence of every human being is the divine is within them, too. And the more we learn of that, The more we access it, the more we learn to express it, the more we can understand the reality of that. And remember, there are those people out there that haven't never had a clue yet that they are part of the divine. They're living in distractions. They're living in their attachments to all kinds of things around them. They're living in unconsciousness. And I'm trying to learn myself when I see all these negative behaviors around me that I just have a moment of compassion for that person and say, wow, I hope that they will come to understand. Not judge them, not condemn them, not criticize them or put them down, but just be compassionate in the fact that they are more unconscious than they hope will be in a future day. I'm more conscious than I used to be, but when I was mostly unconscious, I was one of just like them. I spent many years in business and, in, and work and pleasure and all kinds of things and just not knowing, not knowing at all that the divine was within me. I can look back to so many unconscious years, and yet I'm gaining. We all are gaining, and that's why we're here. So in our relationship to others, that one of the benefits is that we can encourage other people We can encourage other people once we understand that the unity of all of us is real. One little practice that I've been doing recently, just for fun, is at at the grocery store. Sometimes the the grocery carts at the grocery store are almost as hectic as on the highway that we drove getting there. And so, you come around a corner and whoops, there's somebody there, and going to the next corner, whoops, somebody else there, and some people are going faster than others and whatever. I've learned to just stop. Yield as in traffic, and I say to a lot of people, Sorry, I can't find my turn signals on this cart. And they stop and they look at me and they smile every single time they smile and they go on. But in that moment, I have left something positive. I didn't say, Hey, what's wrong with you? Get out of my way. What are you? All that kind of stuff. I just said, You know, I don't have turn signals on my cart, and with that, everything is just passed by and everyone goes on. It's a beautiful way to just be together, just to be in the same experience as someone. Number two, as far as relationships are concerned, everyone needs support. Words of love, acts of love. Some people need money. Some people, all of us shall I say, we all have needs that we're trying to get met. And if we can support others by accepting them, appreciating them, helping them know that they belong, that they're part of a larger community, that they're included in this thing called humanity, if we can give them respect, we are giving them beautiful gifts that so often are just hard for people to experience. There's not enough of that in this world. Number three, we can compliment each other wherever possible. Very few people get enough compliments. Four, we can express gratitude for them in ways that they perhaps haven't heard. I had another experience just the other day that I've got to share with you. I was sitting outside a coffee shop where I sit many times writing and reading and I was preparing actually for today's show. And I looked up and four people were coming in, a boy and a woman and a couple men. and The one man was big. He was six foot four and probably almost 300 pounds. Who knows? And and he, my first glance at him was like, hmm, boy, he looks kind of like a rough character. And that was a judgment. But what I found out later blew me away. They went inside and they got their beverages and they came back out and sat just behind me. We were outdoors. I was reading and writing and working on some things and all of a sudden I was aware that this awful cigarette smoke was coming, blowing my way, and if there's anything I don't like, it's, you know, cigarette smoke blowing in my face, and I turned and, and just to look, see where it was coming from, and lo and behold, it was that big giant of a man, and he was sitting there, and he noticed that I looked, and then I turned away, and he said, sir, does my smoke bother you? <laughs> And I turned back and said, well, yeah, a little bit, but it's okay. He said, no, no, it's not okay. And he took his cigarette and flipped it over the fence. And he said, if it bothers you, I'm not going to smoke. Well, I was blown away. (sighs) How often does that happen? And I turned to him and I said, sir, you're a very big man with a very big heart. And he laughed. And I got up, I went over, and I shook his hand. And I said, thank you for being such a kind man. And I said it right in front of his son, who had the same name, Brian. <laughs> and I said, son, your dad has got a big heart, and he's a beautiful man. Well, they didn't know quite what to do with all that, but I knew that expressing gratitude to him was one of the most beautiful things that happened to him, at least on that day. Another way we can do this is calling each other to integrity. We can call each other to awareness and compassion and healing and inclusion, as I've been mentioning. As John Lennon said, imagine all the people. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine all the people living together with each other in community, is what he was saying. I think one of the most beautiful people that ever have been on the planet was John Lennon and the gifts that he gave to us through his songs something else we can do in our relationships is to tell people did you know that you are beautiful and we speak that with honesty I've done that a few times we say it with integrity we say it with grace but when people know that we mean it it is a powerful gift Number seven, we can empower each other in whatever ways are helpful. Helping each other to become our best self. Helping each other to express our creative side. Encouraging each other to be authentic. Encouraging each other to be love in person. Love in act and deed and not just word only. We can encourage and empower each other through celebration for everything that we do for others, we do for ourselves. Everything we do to others, we do to ourselves. If there's anything we need to get past in this on this planet, <clears throat> is to get past the need for competition, the need to have winners and losers. What we need is cooperation. What we need is community. We don't need to have winners and losers. The sports scene is so messed up sometimes that everybody wants to win, nobody wants to lose. But what if everybody could win? I'll have a show coming up later on creating a world where everyone wins. But right now, this is Jim Stacy. I will see you next time.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your life is waiting next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network.